Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul thirsts again this morning. Lord, I want to say good morning, precious Father. Good morning, precious Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with a brand new day. Scripture says that you laid us down to sleep, and now that we are awake, Lord, we say thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of your mercy. Thank you for the gift of your grace. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your love. Thank you this morning for the gift of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your blood that makes it possible for us to enter into your presence, Lord, this morning. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We do not take our gifts and our blessings for granted, Lord, this morning. We give you all the praise and glory. Lord, we worship you this morning because you are faithful, you are righteous, only you, Lord, are holy. Scripture says all of the angels in heaven cry out, Holy, holy is the Lord God, or the Almighty. And we join them this morning to declare that you are holy. Lord, you are faithful. Scripture says that you are kind. Lord, you are good. We worship you this morning, Alpha and Omega. We worship you again this morning, Ancient of Days. Yahweh, we worship you again this morning. Receive all our praises. Lord, we ask that as we read our Bibles again this morning, Lord, speak to us in your word. Grant us wisdom and understanding, and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Ayenike. We continue reading the New Testament. We are now in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 3, to be precise. We stopped on Romans chapter 2 yesterday. I say thank you to everyone joining in again this morning. God bless you to everyone listening to this for the first time. I appreciate that you are here and I pray for you this morning. God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You will understand the word of God clearly when you read it in Jesus' name. All right, let's dive straight back in as we read again this morning. Romans chapter 3. Remember what I said? Romans is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. It is majorly a Gentile church. Of course, Rome is like the seat of, of power. That is where the emperor is located. Okay, that's in Italy. Okay, so you say it's more a Gentile church. 
But definitely you had, you still had Jews there. But the book of Romans was Paul's answer. Paul's answer to the Jews that have been attacking him. And then, of course, Jewish believers who also had questions. This was his answer to tell them that yes, it's fine to be a Jew, but a true Jew is one who has faith in God. And that is really what counts. Faith in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, so we took chapters 1 and 2 yesterday. Please listen to them and God will bless you in Jesus' name. He said, Paul says, then what's the advantage of being a Jew? Because he had told them, look, there's nothing, being, there's nothing special in your being a Jew. Okay? The Gentiles could easily be better than you if they put their faith in God. So Paul says, oh, then what's the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Yes. There are great benefits. Great benefits. First of all, hygiene. Uh -huh. Great benefits. First of all, the Jews were entrusted with the old revelation of God. Yes. God revealed himself, first of all, to the Jewish nation. True, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful, does, does that mean God will be unfaithful? Of course, no. Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. Okay? So even if all of the world lies, God remains true. See, God is true. As the scripture says about him, you will be proved right in what you say. You will be proved right in what you say and you will win your case. You will win your case in court. Psalm 51 verse 4. But some might say our sinful, sinfulness serves a good purpose for it helps people see how righteous God is. <clears throat> is it not unfair then for him to punish us? This is merely a human point of view, okay? At least when we sin, the way we are sinning, it's showing that there is a righteous God. Isn't it then unfair that God wants to punish us for our sins? Paul says, look, that's just a human way of thinking. Of course not. If God were not, if God were not entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? God is fair. He has given us Jesus. He left his glory, came to this world to live as a man. God is fair. He has given us Jesus. He says, how would he be qualified to judge the world? But someone might still argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty alights its truthful ease, truthfulness and brings him more glory? So why will God still punish me? See, and some people even slander us by claiming that we say the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things deserve to be condemned. Okay, that's not the message that we are preaching. When we come to God, His presence in our lives transforms us from within we gradually become more and more like him. Sin 
it becomes alien to us okay we don't want to sing okay so no that's wrong because some people say the more we sing the better it is uh, Paul said those who say such things deserve to be condemned well then should we conclude that we Jews are better than others no not at all for we have already shown that all people whether Jews or Gentiles whether Jews or Gentiles or, or Greeks are under the power of sin every human being is under the power of sin as the scripture says no one is righteous not even one no one is truly wise no one is seeking God all have turned away all have become useless no one even no one does good not a single one that's Psalm 14 verse 1 to 3 and then Psalm 53 verse 1 to 3 not a single person does good why because sin is in our hearts the one who turns us to begin to do good is God the presence of God in our lives it says their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave their tongues are filled with lies snake venom it drips from their lips that's Psalm 50 Psalm 5 verse 9 Psalm 140 verse 3 you see the way Paul is just quoting from the book of Psalms it says their mouth are full of cursing and bitterness their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness that's Psalm 10 verse 7 it says they rush to commit to commit murder destruction and misery always follow them they don't know where they don't know where to find peace that Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 59 verse 7 and 8 they have no fear of God they have no fear of God at all I'm telling you you have to respect Paul this is Psalm 36 verse 1 giving us from the scripture remember that when Paul is writing this letter there's nothing called the New Testament aha uh -huh. Paul wrote his epistle long before the Gospels were written. <laughs> so he is quoting the scriptures this morning and what he is quoting is the New is the Old Testament. He says they have no fear of God at all. Psalm 36 verse 1. Obviously the law applies to those to whom it was given for its purpose. The purpose of the law is to keep people from having excuse and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. The purpose of the law is to show man that he is a sinner. That's all. The purpose of the law. You will never be able to fulfill the dictates, the terms of the law. The law only shows you that you are a sinner. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. So when you break the law, you become conscious that you have sinned. Okay? That's what the law, the law is for. Okay, so insisting on living by the law can then be very strange. It says it is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Did you hear that? No one can ever not one single person has ever been made right with God by doing what the law commands 
If anyone has ever been made right with God, it is because of faith in God. Hallelujah. He says the law simply shows us how sinful, how sinful we are. Wow. Okay, so please, that's that's a big, big one to hold on to. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. What saves us is grace. Grace and faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 21 says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. This is why they were attacking Paul. He was telling them that God has shown us a way to be right with him. It is faith in Jesus Christ without needing to keep the dictates of the law as in trying to follow the there are more than 600 laws okay not just the 10 commandments there are more than 600 laws trying to keep each one one by one you will never be able to fulfill the requirements because like paul will eventually then tell them look you break one you have broken all of them you are guilty or the same okay so you could be fine you could be fine with 600 and something and then just miss one you are still guilty. No one. It says God. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings in the writings of Moses and the prophet long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are whether we are jews or gentiles we are made right with god by placing our faith in jesus christ that's all when we place our faith in jesus christ he has promised that he will never leave us he would never forsake us he has promised that at the hand his blood will speak for us hallelujah 23 says for everyone has have sinned everyone has sinned we all fall short of god's glorious glorious standard no one can measure up to god's standard paul will eventually tell us no i think the book of isaiah tells us that all of our righteous living our righteousness they are like filthy rags when you put them beside god okay everyone has sinned we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in His grace freely, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when He freed us from the penalties, from the penalties of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held when he held back and did not punish those who sinned who sinned in time past okay in the old testament god had to make a provision just a temporary solution the blood of animals okay to atone for the sins of people it cleansed them but not entirely because only for the sins that they were asking for and then when they sin again they had to continue using it but the blood of Jesus is different. When Jesus died, shedding his blood for our sins, he paid the price for sin once and for all time. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair 
when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in time past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he, for he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. God is fair. God is just. If anyone goes to hell, you want to go to hell. I'm telling you, you want to go to hell. There is no one. Eh? If, a, if a robber, I don't know who he was, he was being, he was being crucified on that cross. Okay, so most likely he would have, he would likely have killed someone. He would have done something terrible. Okay. Uh, he, he was a robber, so maybe he stole. I doubt if they would be crucifying him just for stealing. He must have killed someone. But look, how, what, however terrible his life was, if a robber could walk into paradise just by saying, Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I'm telling you, you now want to tell me someone who lives their life every day putting their trust in Jesus will miss him no no okay so I'm calling someone this morning put your trust put your trust in Jesus and he will never leave you he will never forsake you in Jesus name Paul says can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God no is faith in Jesus. So it has nothing to do with anything we have done. He says, no, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. Our acquittal is based on faith. When I stand before God, and I pray you also that I've put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you stand before God, the devil will bring his accusation. Oh, Murphy, in 1990 this, 90 this, he did this. In 2000 and this, he did this. And I will, listen, I will be guilty. Yes, I, in fact, I declare already I am guilty. I did all of everything you are saying that I have done. However, <laughs> the blood atones and then the father will, will smash the gavel. Not guilty, <laughs> the blood speaks this morning hallelujah paul says no because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law it is based on faith so we are made right with god through faith and not by obeying the law after all is god the god of the jews only isn't he also the god of the gentile of course he is there is only one god and he makes people right with himself only by faith whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill, do we truly fulfill the law. The law has its place, the law has its purpose, but when grace comes, the law has to step aside. Hallelujah. All right, let's move on to verse to chapter 4. Chapter 4, the faith of Abraham. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? 
if his deed, if his deed, if his good deed had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. God counted him as righteous not because of his, his deeds, his, his actions. No, it was because Abraham believed God. He says when people walk, their wages are not a gift but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous not because of their works but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins, whose sins are put out of sight. Hallelujah. David said, yes, what joy for those whose record, whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Psalm 32 verse 1 and 2. What joy for those whose record as the Lord has cleared of sin. Now, is this blessing only for the Jew or is it also for, for uncircumcised Gentiles? When? Okay, so this blessing that God declares that David was talking about, the man whose record God has cleared of sin, is it only for the Jews? No, it is for both. For every human, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, is this blessing only for the Jew or is it also for, for, for uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, since we, are, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. That's what we've been saying, right? See, but how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised? That's while he was obeying the law. Or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Eh? The law was just a sign that Abraham had put his faith in God. Circumcision was a sign, verse 11, that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous. When we truly have faith in God, you will see that we will be keeping the law. That's it. We will be keeping the law. Even before he was circumcised, God already declared him righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. 12. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of, of those who have been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. Clearly, the thing, God's promise, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. That's clear, right? <laughs> it is based on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. I say that again. If God's promise, if God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary. It is useless and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. 
The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break because definitely you will break it. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father. I have made you the father of many nations. Genesis chapter 17 verse 5. This happened because Abraham believed in, in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Genesis chapter 5 chapter 15 verse 5 and abraham's faith did not weaken even though at about 100 years of age he figured his body was as good as dead and so was sarah's womb abraham never wavered in believing god's promise promise in fact his faith grew stronger and in this he brought glory to god he was fully convinced that god is able to do whatever he promises he, pro he promised Ah, sorry, God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will always count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus, our, Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. The minute Jesus was raised to life, he provided the atonement for our sins. And for everyone who put their faith in Jesus, we have been made right with God. I don't know about you, but I am excited this morning. The law does not make anybody right. You cannot become right with God. I know you think if you pray a certain number of times a day, if you give alms to the poor, if you go visit a particular, if you go to Mecca and all that, our deeds, all of our righteousness, they are filthy before God. What truly counts is the righteousness that God himself gives. Okay? So this morning, please join me in putting all of your faith in Jesus. On that day when you stand before the judgment throne, ah, the Father will say to you and I, discharge and acquitted. No sin, no record written against him. Hallelujah. That will be my testimony. That will be your testimony. Father, we say thank you this morning. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.